You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Welcome once again to Open Court with Jay Young, your podcast destination for all things Fairfield basketball, along with the coach. I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. This is the season finale for Open Court, so let's get to it as we review a stag season that concluded last month. We're going to talk about what has become a very busy offseason for everybody involved in college basketball, which of course is highlighted by all the transfer portal activity. We'll look ahead to next season, which for the Stags is going to be highlighted by the opening of the new Athletic and Convocation Center. So, Jay, the uh, final numbers for this season concluded 15 wins, 18 losses, 8 and 12 in the max. So when you look at the record, where does that fall in terms of what your expectations were for this previous season? Yeah, honestly, Bob, I thought we'd be better. Um, I thought we, we uh, you know, need to move the needle as, ter- as far as uh, our record goes. Uh, we won three more games than we've we've ever won, so it was the most wins. Um, it was just more the frustration of the close losses, and you kind of uh, – I know every coach says they don't do that, but you look back and the difference between us, uh, you know, having a, a winning record as opposed to a losing record was a few more games that we weren't able to finish. So it was frustrating from that standpoint. I think there's a lot to build on. I, uh, you know, feel confident we're heading in the right direction, but I was frustrated with, with you know, the – the lack of games that we were able to complete and, and not be sitting here talking about a, us having a winning record instead of a losing one. When uh, you look back at this season as a coaching staff, when you get together, not the players, and we'll talk about that uh, at length in a few moments, but when as a staff you get together, what is the process of the self-review and analysis? Yeah, I think analytically first, you just kind of go through all the numbers. You know, uh, we do them as we've, we compare it to each year that we've been here, uh, what progress we've made in certain areas, what progress do we continue need to do, and what, what areas have we taken a step back. So it's a lot of numbers that you're looking at, I think, first, um, and things that you really feel that, you, that you've uh, need to do a much better job but things that you need to address. And, uh, you know, we, we compare it to each season that we've been here and uh, and kind of set some goals that we want to, look at for net for the upcoming year so that's really the first step and it's just kind of getting up and we put the, everything up on the screen every single year uh, I do a lot of excel work and and you know the, the couple weeks after the season ends and just kind of jam a lot of numbers in and, and and talk about why this efficiency got better why it got worse uh, what our thoughts are and, and what we need to do and improve in certain areas Jay I I don't go as deep as you do and your staff into the numbers. But I look at the numbers from this past year to the year before where you finished in a flurry two years ago. You played well at the end. You got to the championship game. Everything was great. Your numbers that I see, okay, I'm not talking about efficiency numbers. I'm talking about shooting percentage, three-point shooting, offensively and defensively are better than they were. And you also played six more games this year because obviously the pandemic shortened season two years ago. So you kind of hit upon it before, and I'm not asking you to throw anybody under the bus, but was the lack, was the fact that you didn't have that player or players that could make big plays 
on either end? Did that hurt you? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, it, it's no secret that, uh, you know, we have to manufacture a lot of offense more through play calling. Um, you know, I, I, uh, we didn't have an individual on our team that just kind of goes out and gets his own shot and creates a lot of space for himself. Some guys are better at it than others. But I don't think we have one dynamic offensive guy who you just kind of put the ball in his hands and get out of his way. So, you know, I think that shows up a little more at the end of games where, look, you're watching any basketball game in those last couple minutes. A lot of those are isolation plays that guys just kind of go to. Um, but, yeah, our numbers were better uh, across the board in, in most areas. It didn't necessarily translate to wins, uh, so I was frustrated with that. We we certainly made a lot of strides in that department, but we've got to continue to constantly address you know, deficient areas that we have. Well, it's ironic, too. You, you are one – and not looking at tiebreakers, but you're one game out of finishing tied for fifth. That's how close you were. Uh, we all sat through a lot of tough losses for the reasons you said. Also, the, and the conference, I thought, talent-wise – and I'm not even talking about St. Peter's run, but I thought the conference was, was so much better. Right. So I, I hope I'm not jumping a gun, but what – what are you going to do about it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are you changing your philosophy? I'm not talking about everybody wants you to play zone. You're a man-to-man guy. You're going to play man-to-man. I'm talking about in terms of are you going to look to get easier baskets? Are you going to work on out-of-bounds plays? Are you going to run more? Um, are you going to get better players? Yeah, I think, you know, hey, this is college basketball. You're always trying to look to improve the the level of talent that you have. Uh, we got to do a better job in everything, better job of coaching, better job of, of recruiting, better job uh, in, in a lot of areas. Um, I, th- I think the one thing that I would like to do and uh, certainly love Caleb, and he was so steady for us, is get bigger at the guard spot, uh, especially I thought that, you know, when you do play man-to-man playing with a small uh, point guard and smaller guards, uh can be can hurt you at times and Caleb was you know I, I never was around a kid who uh, I guess did everything the right way and tried harder but at the same time he was just a small point guard and uh, I think that's one thing that we look especially at some of our perimeter defense and and guys uh, how we cover on the wing they're playing a little bigger at the guard spot is something we want to do but all those things you mentioned you know uh, you know you're always trying to improve your your talent level at every spot. And this is, I agree with you, Joe, this is by far, I thought, my three years, I've only been here three years, but this this was by far the best the league has been in my three years here, uh, top to bottom. And uh, and it's going to continue to, I, I, I just think that's what you're going to see now. We're going to continue to raise the level of, of the type of player that, that we need to recruit. I'm going to veer off a little bit here. I didn't plan to get into this uh, too much, but Joe mentioned St. Peter's. Uh, has Have you um, uh, detected any immediate benefits, uh, you know, as far as Fairfield is concerned in terms of, hey, we're in that conference. We're a MAC team, and this is St. Peter's, and they made the Elite Eight. Any, uh, any benefits you've noticed? Yeah, you know, we've been talking to guys, uh, especially because we've got a, you know, we've got a need for a couple guards here, and and um, it's the first thing that I referenced that uh, you know the second place team, and in, uh, in our conference just went to the Elite Eight, and I know that everybody who who was paying attention, obviously Casey Nadefo had a great run in the tournament, is obviously a good player, but to me, it was their guard play yeah. that was so good uh, with with Banks and with 
Eddard and with Lee. Uh, and anytime I'm talking to a kid on the phone or, or a, a transfer or someone, I'm saying, hey, man, if you don't think the guard play in this league is great, pay attention to what just happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's the level of guard that we need. We need to have guards. That, and that, would, in fact, was the second-place team in our league that, that did that. So uh, I referenced that immediately when we're talking to guys on the on the uh, – on the phone, and I think it's resonated with some of these guys because they did pay attention. It was such a magical run that I, I think it was hard not to notice how right. good their their players were. I think we've kind of skirted around where I'm where I'm going to go with this uh, already. But if I were to ask you, what is the single area of well Fairfield basketball that needs to improve from now to next year in order to get you to where you want to be? Ooh, single area. Uh, we need to win more games. Uh, that's that's the obvious. I, if there's one thing that's been frustrating and it was frustrating for me last year, uh, it was our perimeter defense. And and uh, I just we we did some good things defensively. Uh, we were one of the better teams in the country defending the three. Uh, I just thought guys got to the rim on us uh, too easily. And uh, and that caused problems with with us fouling a little too much. Um, that's that's the part that if I wanted to make a significant jump on, it was just the way we guard the ball and and uh, you know way, the the way we defended on the perimeter. Well, I was never a big defensive guy, but I do know that defense is a team thing. So perimeter, the lack of perimeter defense have anything to do with maybe your big guys improving in ball screen action. You didn't really have shot blocking. Chrysler was very good in getting the charges, and right. we talked about that a lot. We had a kid here a few years ago, Olander, who was not a shot blocker, but he threw charges. So I, I obviously um, the game being so much ball screen action, your big guys have to improve also to some degree, correct? There's no question. I, I, and I thought our, you know, our ball screen defense was, was decent. Uh, still, I agree with you that it needs to improve. I thought Supreme made huge jumps in, in, in that area of just kind of controlling our talk i i really think it was three things you know first of our 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 level of our ability to guard on the ball second was our first line of help and then help at the rim you know so we would obviously analyze every one of those okay uh and the first thing that that you have to do is you have to you know i've been asked this a million times and you know how do you get good defensively and i'm always well keep your head between the ball and the basket that's it's pretty simple and we did not do enough a good enough job of doing that and then, you know, our second and third line of, of emergency wasn't as good as it needed to be. So looked at that a lot. Literally have started going back through every single film and every single clip defensively for us as a project. I have a bunch of projects in the offseason. I've just started that and just kind of putting stuff on film from each game so the guys can take a look at it in areas that we need to improve in. So there's a bunch of them. There's not, I, I, you know, a bunch of areas we need to improve in, but that I, I think to answer your question, that's the one area that was probably the most frustrating for me mm-hmm. was our inability to stay in front of the ball. All right, Coach, uh, let's jump into uh, the lightning round here. What we'd like to do is uh, kind of just snap through the roster and get your thoughts on the personnel in terms of this past season and what needs to be done by that player to maximize potential for next season. So we'll go right down the line here. And we'll start with uh, Supreme, Supreme Cook, who I think you and I and Joe all agree very easily could have been an all-conference selection this year. Uh, your thoughts on his season and what does he need to do next year to make sure he's not even a second thought for these coaches who vote for Wall Mac? He's, 
he's headed toward all conference potential. So how does he how does he get there? Yeah, I thought he had the biggest jump of all of our guys, and um, he's continuing to learn every day. So just continue on that process of kind of learning the game. Uh, he, he mentioned this when you had him as a guest. He, he's leaving points off the board. He has to improve as a free throw shooter because he is drawing a ton of fouls. Um, but I, I think the one thing, and it's an offseason project that we've already started working on, is him being a better passing passer. And uh, not even out, out of the post uh, is one area that we, we need to improve on that. And him getting a feel for doubles and where other defenders are. And the second thing is uh, just on the perimeter when he comes to the top, throwing backdoor passes when our guards are being overplayed and that type of thing. So we're working on a lot of things with him. But that I think out of if the, the main focus for me in this three weeks or four weeks that we have here in the offseason before they go home is really working on just him catching, moving the ball, and being a better passer both out of the post and, and on the perimeter as well. So if I'm the guy that's not voting for him, not – wanting to vote for him it's because he's only playing 23.8 minutes per game mm-hmm. if he does some of those things that you just mentioned will he play more yeah we played him more at the end of the season his minutes started to really climb up there um uh he got his conditioning a little better and that's something we, the other thing that that i should have mentioned we really want to get him to about and a goal about 230 to 235 pounds. He looks great. He's only 210, 215 pounds. People are, when I tell them that, they're always kind of shocked to think that. He's just a little light. Uh, and when he gets against the bigger post, the 250s, the 260s, it's a struggle for him sometimes. So that was another thing we talked about is trying to get him up to that 230-pound range. But, uh, yeah, I thought his conditioning – Joe at the end of the season was better, and and we played him. Uh, I think he had a cup popped into a couple thirties, probably towards you know in some of our later games, uh, especially with Chris being out. We played him a lot more, but uh, he's continued to involve, and he's he's like he's re- been really good in the uh, in the workout so far. Well, talking about uh, players that you want to bulk up, we've <laughs> been talking about this since he arrived at Fairfield. Chris Mido, um, he's heading into his senior season next year, and you know. The, the word potential, you know, we don't talk about potential right. anymore. It's time to deliver. What does he need to do now to deliver? Yeah, we've, we've got to uh, kind of move him away from the basket where he he, he can make a, you know, right now Chris is he's a dunker. You know, if we can get him within two to three feet, uh, he's, I mean, he's going to make seven out of ten shots because he's, he's just, um, and the extra weight has helped him do that. So he needs 15 more pounds. And we got to get him to that four to seven foot range where he can be effective now, where he, we just can't, you know, getting him to the rim every time is not easy to do. Uh, and I'd like to see him get up to eight points a game next year, six to eight points a game. That's the next jump. And he's another guy who's got to work on his free throw shooting. Jake Wojcik, it, I guess the way to talk about his season, it was fits and starts. Here's a guy who, of course, uh, lit up Iona in one of the memorable games uh, of the season and of really in Fairfield history. But then there would be periods where he struggled. So where do you get Jake? How do you get Jake to that point where now you see a consistent Jake Wojcik? Yeah, I think it's there. And, and he had a frustrating year. He's be the first one to tell you that. Um, we had a long talk after the season. And, and uh, you know, I think the recalibration for him is just kind of going to be good. And we talked about a lot of things and, and the consistency part of it. Uh, I think he got frustrated uh, a lot during the year. And, um 
that affected some of the way he played, but he's been working hard in the gym. The one thing about Jake, the, the noticeable difference this year from his first year was the amount of two-point field goals that he missed this year. He was way down in that number uh, and then became a little more like he was in Richmond where he took more threes than he did twos. It was a 50-50 split almost his first year here in between three-point attempts and two-point field goal attempts. So I liked him at that split a lot better than just so heavily relying on the three. And we talked a lot about getting him back to that number, uh, getting him to the free throw line. His free throw attempts were way down. So I thought he just became a little less aggressive and settled for some for a little too relying on the threes where he's got a very two point, a very good two point field goal game uh, that helps the balance of his game a little more. And we need to get back to that. Certainly we talked about that at the end of the season, getting back to those numbers that he had his first year here. Jay, I'm just curious with him. Um, his dad was a, a basketball lifer coach. Do you have more conversations with him than you do the normal parent or? Um, you know, he, his dad's great. We've we've had conversations. I honestly try and stay away from basketball conversations with all parents. Um, yeah, but this guy's different. He is different because he's the but he's he's the father, right. uh, like all fathers. And I, I uh, 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 his dad's been great and and an advocate for for uh, what we're doing. So, but I just think in general, when you start conversations about. With, with parents about um, basketball issues that it's a slippery slope and and uh, I try and stay away from them as much as I as I, as I can because, because with Jake and I and I hope I'm not stepping out of bounds it seems a little more mental with him it can be at times I think Jake would be the first to tell you that 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 uh, you know we, and he struggled and got down on himself and uh, you know some of his confidence wasn't it what it what it should be but um he's a really good player i think i've told him this a bunch of times i think he's got the ability to be one of the elite guards in the league we saw that his first year so we know what's in him and you know uh i think we can analyze this thing for whatever uh, he, he didn't have the year numbers wise that uh we all thought he would it, it wasn't a, by any means a terrible year it was just a, a a year that i think uh he was disappointed in and we need to get him you know, back to, to playing the way he was uh, consistently. And he had really good moments last year. I think, uh, you know, sometimes we forget about those moments, but he had really good moments in games. Had a really good stretch for us where, yeah. where he played really well, and we just got to make that a little more consistent. And, and I think some of that, too, is if we can, you know, bring in the right point guard with him and get him some easier shots and, and that type of thing, that, that'll, that'll help all of us. If there's one player who had that so-called breakout season, that would be Alan Sheen Rose. Um, with that in mind, where do you see him fitting in as far as what role he will play on this Fairfield team? Yeah, I, I like the role that he had last year, um, and uh, I thought he did a, a better job of kind of you know staying in his lane. Uh, he's got to be able – look, Alan's never going to be a great shooter but he's got to be able to make an open jump shot with rhythm and with space. And uh, because we can't play five versus four if, if, you know, out there. So he knows that we've talked about him getting in the gym and uh, he's never going to be a guy shot clock going down that we're going to, you know, want him to take a three or something like that. It's just not what he does. But I do think he's got to be able to catch and shoot rhythm threes. Uh, he's shown some ability to do that. And then, uh, you know, It'd be a great perimeter defender. Uh, that's that's what I really want him to yep. do. And uh, 
and when he he had really good moments, I think what happened to him a little bit is he caught people by storm, and then the films got out, and they right. started playing him a little bit, you know, to kind of baiting him into shooting, and uh, played way off him. So he's got to do continue to stay in the gym, and and work on his jump shot. Uh, Zach Chrysler started the season as a starter. Minutes dropped off uh, as the season progressed. Where is the uh, the medium for him? Where does uh, where do you see him? Um, going as far as getting back to where you want him to be? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just the movements for Zach have to, you know, it, it, the physical, he's he's, uh, he's got to work on his ability to get up and down the floor a little better, his conditioning. Uh, uh, he's always a, a funny one because you like him somewhere offensively. Uh, I like him as a, as a five-man. His advantage becomes there uh, because five-man aren't, used to in our league covering guys who can shoot the ball. He has more of an advantage there. But then who does he guard down the other end? Um, so he was more of a positional thing for us, uh, and it, it affected his playing time at times. If they played, if other teams played big at the four, uh, we, we liked that matchup a lot with him. When he got into playing the five, then you get into a logjam with Supreme and other guys at that position. So... I think for Zach, and again, these are all conversations that uh, I've had with these guys, it's more of, up, you know, who can you cover, where do we put you on offense, and then how can you increase your minutes with better conditioning and uh, some footwork improvement on, on the offseason. T.J. Long was a, a Mac all-rookie selection, really came on uh, like gangbusters in the early stages of his, uh, his freshman year tailed off a little and then came, you know, back into a nice rhythm as the season uh, drew to a close. So where does, what's his potential? I, I hate, again, we don't like to use that word, but look, he's an all rookie selection. What does he need to do to get up to uh, all conference level? Yeah, he's got to be better with the ball. Uh, he's got to be a better ball handler. Um, uh, he's got to, uh, I, I think for, for TJ too, is trying to get some easier shots for himself. Uh I love the fact that he's really confident, but, uh, you know, at this level, you know, just getting a little more space for himself sometimes on offense uh, would help him uh, be a little less streaky. And, you know, I talk to him all the time about, like, you know, uh, the the ebb and flows of his year this year, just like you said, started off great. Then obviously films get out. They played him differently. He had to make some adjustments into the way he played, and he did that and finished strong. And uh, continue to work on the physical part of it for him, too, a little quicker, a little better footwork, uh, you know, uh, taking care of his body maybe a little better and, and, and putting a little muscle on. So he's worked on all those things. But uh, if there's one category, I think that, that I would just jump, but he's got to be a better ball handler. Um, teams pressed us at times, you know, and, and uh, uh, I thought that he could struggle sometimes against, like, full court pressure and, and the heavy heat. So uh, – but I, I love him, and I think he's, uh, I think he's got a chance to be a really good player in this league. Obviously, Jalen uh, Leach is obviously always a matter of health with him. So let's just start and end with health. How is he, and what does he need to do to get to 100 percent physically? Uh, he's got to get healthy, and and it's as simple as that. Because I think we all know how talented he is, and we see glimpses of it. But he's never been able to stay on the court and maintain that uh, through health issues, and uh, he's doing well. Yeah, he's 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 still back at home. He'll be here next week recovering from his surgery that he had, and uh, 
you know, doing well, and he's got to have to go through the same thing he went uh, this past season. He's got to, you know, four or five months of rehab and, and hopefully be back at the end of the summer, and, and we'll see where he's at. You just mentioned surgery. What uh, Again, we kind of lose track because, uh, unfortunately, Jalen's dealt with a number yeah. of injuries. What's the latest surgery for? It was a knee, uh, knee surgery. Uh, uh, it was some cartilage that, that had to be uh, fixed. Um, so he's, you know, looking at, I guess, five to six months or in somewhere. And that he's a conscientious kid. We're hoping he gets back, uh, you know, sooner than that. And he'll work as hard as he can. But, uh, you know, I, I, you really just feel for the kid and, and for Jalen uh, how frustrating. It's been frustrating for us as coaches. But, you know, imagine what it's been like for him sure. uh, just trying to play. And finally feels like he's getting healthy towards the end of the year. He was just starting to come around where he felt pretty good about everything and a freak thing happens in practice and, you know, not even any contact. He just goes down and, and ends his season again. So just really feel for him and, uh, you know, certainly need him back. But, uh, you know, obviously got a lot of talent that, that, that we've yet to really see because of the injuries. So five to six months, you're talking about through October. So – advantage nowadays because you'll have him here all summer yeah and while he will be what's the word incapacitated to some degree there are some things he can do physically so that's important yeah and he had the surgery i think uh you know as soon as it happened so he's probably a month and a half to two months into it close to it already so we're hoping that maybe by september we can start seeing some basketball stuff with him and and who knows That'll be yet to be determined, but uh, but uh, we we got to get him back here and, and get him going. Two players we didn't really see. Uh, well, one not at all, and another very limited. Makai Willis and Jason Edipai. Uh, you redshirted uh, Makai and Jason have dealt with the season-long injury. Uh, what can you tell us about their status going forward? Yeah, uh, you know Makai was was a guy who we thought was really talented and um, just those other guys that had kind of out-vetured him early in the season. And then he had some tendonitis issues in his knees. And we just got to the point of the season where we could never feel that he was going to be quite healthy enough. We probably could have thrown him in, Bob, to some games and that type of stuff. But we just felt, you know, for the limited minutes that that was going to happen, it was going to be best to redshirt him. I'm, I'm really glad we did. Um, but I've said this all along. He's is as talented as any front court we've kid we've had just naturally. Um, and he's been really good here in the last few weeks working out. So um, hoping to see big things from him. Uh, and Jason, the same thing. Jason had a freak thing. We He was always, we thought something was, was going on with his leg. He was having some pain. And then right after uh, Christmas, you know, we're stretching out and he can't even move. He goes and gets an MRI the next day and has surgery how week later where they put a rod in his leg it's crazy um so he just dealt with that all season long he's walking around now and and uh and doing okay nice and listen uh, i know it's out there just wanted to confirm christian sevis is in the transfer portal so he plans to leave and chef galakalandi same category correct correct that is correct both those guys are in the portal yeah, I'm just curious. How how does is that something you and Christian talked about, or has he just come in and said, "I want out"? How, how did that go down? Yeah, it's it's you know I'm probably no different than any coach at the end. As soon as the year ends, and let's face it, this 
the portal is is dominating college basketball. I brought bring everybody in and just talk about the year uh, that they have and uh, and really moving forward, what I feel their role on the on the team is going to be with. Uh, whether it's where they got to get better, whether it's guys at their position, whatever that means, and uh, what they feel their role that they want to be. And uh, that's really the discussions that we have with every single guy on the team. And um, I want guys to be happy. I want them to be successful. And, and, and both those guys are, are great young men, uh, Jeff and, and Christian. And I said this all to everybody who comes in here. I'll support them in whatever they want to do. want them to be happy. want them to find a good place where they can be successful. And where do you see a guy like Chef – Ending up, winding up. What type of school? What level? Curious because yeah. we never, we didn't see him at all last year. I know you were excited about him coming back. He might have been that guy to help you get a win or two. It's a tough question because it's, it's some of it depends on his recovery from his injury. You know where he's at. He shifts a high level athlete at, at any level to just stick him back into him with one year left. Uh, you know, I think with so many guys in the portal too, and a guy coming off an injury, it's it's going to be a question of you know. Uh, who's interested a little bit in, in, in his skill set? Um, so that's that's part of it. Is is you know what the what's the market out there? For, and Chef's coming off an injury and uh, where he hasn't played in a whole year, and uh, so that's that's going to be a, a part of it. So he comes back to you a month from now. I can't find anything I like. Can I come back? Well, at that point, I'm sure the scholarship will be filled. You know, at, at that point, um, uh, and and actually, uh, it's. Because we're, I'm trying to think of our numbers. It's probably filled now because of of uh, incoming guys, incoming freshmen. Um, so we're, uh, yeah. Chef's Chef's gonna, and, and you know, I think he's some of that is is him exploring what his options are too. If if he doesn't find, you know, he's gonna graduate and certainly has the option to, like the rest of us, move on into the work world or pursue other opportunities too. So I think he's it's more of an exploratory thing for him to see and what what is what the interest would be for him out there. Uh, we're going to talk about the incoming recruits. We're going to talk about your recruiting of prep school kids and, and high schoolers. But you, we've mentioned this transfer portal now several times over the last couple of minutes. I mean, there are about 2,000 names in that portal. Uh, first part of the question is, how many scholarships do you have to give? And second part is, how do you, in this new world of transfer portal activity negotiate all that what what is your approach to it well we have one to give right now and uh certainly looking to fill a void at the point guard spot that's kind of obvious to everybody um you know the portal uh i went to the division one head coaches meeting out at new orleans and it was an hour and a half meeting and an hour and 25 minutes of it was about the portal and mm-hmm. uh what it's doing to college basketball and, and how to navigate it and look, we've been through every transfer in our league uh, before they got here, what their numbers were, what what's it. And uh, the portal has really helped some teams, and then it hasn't helped some teams in our league. So I think it's like anything, Bob, it's about the right guy and the right fit and the right person. So if there's 100 names of point guards in the portal, you're going through every one of those guys, and you're going to eliminate 75 of them off the, mm-hmm. it could be that they want higher, could be that you don't feel that they're good enough, could be in a, or not a good academic fit, could be a lot of reasons that you're kind of, geography doesn't make sense, they you know, want to stay south. So although people say there's this number of guys in the portal, the, the your pool of who you can actually recruit is, is, is not 
you know, a huge number. So we go through that. I mean, we meet every day on it. We go through it. We're still involved with some high school kids. I'm still a believer, and that's a great way for Fairfield to to build. Um, but I also recognize the fact that if we can get the right guy, um, especially at a, a position where, uh, you know, it's important to us for someone probably like we have hasn't played, you know, to hand the ball to a freshman at your point guard spot would be risky. So we're certainly looking for an older guy. But, you know, it's it's really just doing your due diligence and your vetting as a staff to make sure you do really try and get the right guy. Recognizing that you really can't give too much information at this stage, is there one player out there right now that you're hot on and, you know, maybe there's a mutual interest? I think there's a few. A few? A few guys that, that uh, we're interested in. And, again, it's there's so many moving parts. Mm-hmm to this thing. Um, but there's, there's a few, we, you know, we're trying to improve and, uh, we feel there's a few guys out there, uh, who, who will help us move the needle. And, uh, that's what we're looking for. Uh, recruiting, uh, just <laughs> normal recruiting, <laughs> not uh, trying to sift through all the transfer uh, portal names. Uh, what's the calendar right now? Fans sometimes get confused about what you can do at what time of the year, you know, when the window opens, when it closes. Where are you at right now? Well, currently we're dead. Uh, we go live uh, starting uh, this weekend. So there's uh, there's two weekends starting Friday at noon and Sunday uh, during the month of April um, that we are allowed to go out and watch these major AAU events. So one weekend will be this weekend. I'm heading to Indianapolis. They've got two events out there. The Adidas event and the Under Armour event will be run out there. And then a couple of one of our other guys is heading to Florida for the uh, Nike event. And then Easter weekend is, is dead. And then the, the weekend after that is another live weekend for us to go out and watch these events. These So you have two main uh, periods in April where you can go out and, and one is this weekend and then two weeks from now. Now, you use the word dead, um, so obviously you can't view live situations. Can you have phone conversation? can have phone conversation, but nobody could come on campus. Okay, good. Yeah. And letters can actually uh, be signed. Uh, what's the period in terms of uh, actual commitment? Yeah, so the next signing date is April. Uh, I'd have to get it for you, but it's in the middle of April. Okay. And so there's only two periods that you can sign uh, letters of intent, and it's the first one is uh, – November, beginning of November, and now uh, middle of April. I'm laughing because you brought up letters. You don't write recruiting letters. Oh anymore. God, no! That <laughs> no. shows you how long I've been out of this thing. If a guy note, if a recruit knew where his mailbox was, I'd be shocked. But remember yeah. the day? Oh my God, that's all we do. Yeah, yeah, that's that is long gone. Yeah, yeah, it's all. And I know it's all digital, but you know, old habits. Uh, I can tell you a quick funny story, and I know we're running out of time, so I was sitting at Rose. I was assistant at Rutgers. I was sitting at Roselle Catholic. I won't mention the kid's name because he's a well-known kid, and he was being highly recruited. And I was in the coach's office before, uh, and he had a stack of mail that was huge, huge, from all different colleges, universities. And the coach handed it to him. Uh, I saw him walk out the door, and there was a wastebasket right by the right door. He took it and put it all in the wastebasket. So, right. so I said, okay, that tells you about writing letters, what, what that oh. means. Yeah. Well, uh, you do have some uh, – you have incoming frosh, freshman, Michael Rogan, Ant Davis. So where are they at, and what kind of players are we talking about as far as uh, future stag potential is concerned? Yeah, uh, I'll start with Ant, you know uh, – uh, 
about six four, six five, uh, wing type of player. I think he's going to come in and, and be a really good athlete, great motor, offensive rebounder, uh, good shooter, not a great shooter. Got to work on that part of the game. Uh, but I think he's got a chance to be a really good defender too. So excited about him. And uh, uh, Mike's got good size, like six seven. Uh, he got sick during the season, got bad case of food poisoning, probably lost 15 pounds. Got to get the, some weight back on him. But uh, got a really good feel. Uh, I think he's an elite shooter, had some big games in a high-level league this year. Uh, and I like the way he passes the ball too. So both those guys I'm really excited about. Conference rumors. I mean, listen, there's no getting away from it. Uh, they're out there. There's a lot of scuttlebutt. You probably heard a lot of it when you were uh, – at the Final Four or, you know, any time during the postseason, I'm sure you had conversations with people who talk about Fairfield's coming, Fairfield's going, they're leaving, the Mac's going to expand. Uh, what can you tell us about Fairfield right now in terms of where things are in terms of conference affiliation? Well, we're in the Mac, Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. I'm, uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I've heard the rumors like everybody else is and, and – uh, Got a great AD. He's he. If anything's uh, serious or anything uh, comes up that that uh, I need to know, he informs me of. But um, at this point, it's just conjecture and rumor right now. And we're proud members of the MAC, and that's where we'll be next year. And uh, uh, we're going to try and win a MAC championship. So that's really all I can give you. And honestly, you guys have probably heard as much as I've heard. I just hear the rumors, and a lot of it is out there is crazy stuff because uh, you know. Um, Paul, actually, we talk about it, and if something is a serious, uh, if there was going to be a serious move or a serious invitation for us to move uh, at this point, I would certainly know about it. But right now, it's, it's just that. I'm not saying that won't eventually happen because it's that's the way the college landscape is going. Yeah. Uh, but right now, we're we're members of the MAC. So, would you say the same thing about someone coming into our league that you don't know anything or? I've just heard the same thing. I, the only thing I can tell you is I, I I do know that our league is actively looking to expand, that they do not want to stay at 10 members. Mm -hmm. So that, that part I can confirm. That's, uh, you know, our commissioners told us that. But who that other member would be, uh, I'm just like you guys. I hear all the rumors and, and who it is. Nothing's been confirmed. Or... Well, uh, we mentioned at the top that the, pro the most exciting development right now for Fairfield basketball, and we – just Joe and I just drove past it on the way in. Uh, the new athletic and convocation center is uh, rising and under construction. But what you don't have is that concrete date as to when that arena will open, which obviously affects scheduling. So how much of a bind are you in as far as getting those non-conference opponents uh, lined up? How many games can you say are going to happen with the knowledge that you're not really sure what the firm dates are going to be. Yet. Right. We've got a lot, a ton of work to do with scheduling, and we're on it like every day. There's a Chris Casey does a great job with that, and it's a, if you can remember, Joe, it's a thankless job <laughs> scheduling. Um, trying to get home. Nobody wants to give you a home game, and, and, uh, you know, trying to get a schedule that's competitive that but we don't want to overwhelm ourselves with either. So there's a balance there. We have a ton of work to do, Bob. We, we really only have one game that's a return game from last year and that's sacred heart the rest of them were end of series that we have to either start a new series or find a new opponent to start a new series so some of these that we've ended we've had discussions with people about uh 
renewing the series. Nothing's been confirmed with that. Um, and then we're in, we're out there looking for new series to start. Also looking obviously for these marquee games, these money games that we have to play. Yep. Uh, so it's all fluid. I really have, uh, we, we're, we're behind. I feel a little bit on that, but I kind of feel that way every year, I guess. And it always works out, but we got a lot of work to do in that area. What is the soft target date? For the opening of the arena? Somewhere around that, that 20th of November, I think, is the date that we've talked about most. And we're hoping to get a little more clarity as the building progresses here. And, uh, you know, you guys are probably like me. I, I don't drive I don't drive out in that way. I come in the back right. entrance. Right. So whenever I do, it, I go, boy, they're making some serious progress on the thing. So I've been told once they can get inside the building, it kind of moves a little quicker. Mm-hmm. And it just... The eye test, it looks like they're close to doing that. So I'm hoping we can we can stay on that date. What about the um, the opponent, the first team that Fairfield plays in that new arena? How much thought is going into that? Uh, a lot, I think, by – well, I've had a lot of suggestions of <laughs> people we could play in that arena. Uh, some of them are outlandish. A lot of them are, and people uh, – we've talked about it. And, again, it's, it's a, a unique uh, – offer i guess to put out there to to a prospective opponent that we want you to come first of all we want just getting a home game in this climate is is tough everybody wants to start at home but now getting a home game and you got to be transparent about it that you're gonna you know open up the new building it's not like your phone is ringing off the hook for that answer so we've talked to a couple people about doing it and some maybe some unique things to make it a little more worth their while but right now it's again that's something we're still working on so if there's a possibility of this not working out to your liking, did you talk about opening up a conference game being the first game? Because they, they can't say no. Right. Um, that's probably if the building's delayed, yeah. Yeah, if the building's delayed, or we would have to obviously find an alternative site, like you mentioned earlier about Webster Bank Arena, going for a few games back there. But ideally, we don't want to do that, um, obviously. <laughs> Uh, so we're hoping the building is is going to be – that would give us about 10 days to the start of the season, about 12 days if, if it was around that period. And, you know, honestly, that start of the season, a lot of those are road games anyway because you're trying to get some of your money games out of the way, so that wouldn't be awful for us. Uh, but once it goes past that, if it did, if there were more delays, then you're getting a little more problematic where you really can't play your entire November schedule on the road. Joe, I think we covered a lot, but I always uh, wrap things up by saying, uh, Joe, any final words? Yeah, matter of fact, uh, Bob, I think I'm going to turn the table on you a little bit here. Uh, some of us are aware, are aware of your retirement from WFAN. And um, I was curious, I think a lot of people are, is why? And the big question is, are you going to continue to do uh, Fairfield Games with your, uh, your uh, outstanding partner? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the, uh, the first part is is easy. Um, I, I'm stepping away from uh, FAN because um, it's a pandemic related issue. When uh, before the pandemic, I commuted, and believe me, as you know, I've done enough commuting for five people in my lifetime, and I, I had grown tired of it. Post pandemic, they they changed the hours. I'm uh, now on till three, four in the morning. They changed the job responsibilities. That was all fine. But I was able to do it all from home. And now I was told that everybody has to come back to the studios 
and uh, they were willing to meet me halfway. And I said, you know what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm Medicare eligible. <laughs> it's time. It's time to go uh, spend more time with the grandkids. Uh, so, yeah, it, nobody forced me out. I could have kept going if I wanted to do the commute, but I decided it was time to step away from the full-time job. The uh, second question is also easy to answer, and in great part because I have a fabulous partner <laughs> of 15 years. I very much intend on uh, staying with Fairfield Basketball. This is a place they're going to have to drag me out of, and they may end up doing that, but... That may be the way I eventually go. They uh, they put me on the gurney and roll me out. But uh, no, I not only will I still stay involved with Fairfield basketball. Jay's going to get sick of me because now I don't have to sleep late in the morning. I will be at many more practices. Oh, great! That's pain great. Paying it a butt. I'll be around here actually more often than I ever have. So uh, yeah, I'm still involved with Fairfield and uh, more so than ever. So. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward yeah, that to that. That's good to hear. And, and, and I do want any other little odds and ends. I do want to thank Jay before we wrap things up. Um, because, look, Joe, you can attest to this. Not every head coach <laughs> at any level, one, two, three, uh, is is as accessible no doubt. As, as Jay is. And we really appreciate that. And I hope our fans do too because um, – You've used the word transparency a couple of times. You define it. You know, there's no pretense, and we we really appreciate that. Well, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me and doing this. And uh, I love talking about Fairfield basketball, and and I'm excited about the future, and excited you could be around, and excited yeah, yeah. about your partner being around too. Yeah, you know? as I said, uh, he's got nowhere to go. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> nowhere to go. You get more. You're going to be sick of me by the end of next season. Um, I also, coach, I wanted to mention. Um, that uh, we lost a member of the Fairfield family. Uh, Tom Barice was a, an assistant coach here at Fairfield. And Joe, uh, not only was he a colleague of yours on the Fairfield coaching staff here, Mitch Bonagero going back quite, quite a way, uh, he became one of your best friends. And Tom passed away several weeks ago uh, at a much too early age. And we would be remiss if we did not take the time to extend our condolences to his family and uh, certainly pay our respects here to somebody who was a big part of Fairfield basketball. And for you, Joe, a big part of um, – your personal life. He was a close yeah, friend. Yeah, Tom, Tom was a superstar. Again, uh, trying to be as quick as possible. You know, uh, when I got back from playing in Italy, the CBA, what was I going to do? Terry O'Connor hired me, and Terry got fired, and uh, Mitch rehired me. And the first guy he hired was Tom Brees. I didn't know Tom from Adam. And Tom was, in terms of coaching, a mentor, but more importantly, over the years, became a good friend. And uh, March 18th, he passed away after a brief he, – he was diagnosed two months earlier with uh, – some type of uh, uh, aggressive, uh, obviously serious cancer in the two months he was gone, which is really hard to accept. But uh, just uh, Tom went on to coach uh, Fairfield. Remember, he was part of our two NCAA teams with Mitch. It was a long, long time NBA coach. Matter of fact, it was an assistant coach with the Nets during the glory years with Jason Kidd and, and that group and uh, was doing a lot of scouting. And, and like I said, tomorrow's his service. And uh, I just know that there's a lot of Fairfield people a lot of uh, a lot of our fans are fans that have been around the program for a long time who remember Tom, and I appreciate you bringing that. Tom was a, a great, great, great guy, and as you mentioned, uh, gone too soon and uh, gone too early, and uh, 
I'm going to miss him, you know, like any good friend. We had a lot of good conversation, a lot of Yankee games together, and uh, he was a superstar when it came to coaching and, and also a person. Yeah, I got to know him, uh, well, at Fairfield also. You used to see him. I, I've done a lot of Nets games and I've traveled with them, and so he rekindled that old Fairfield relationship and uh, very, very sad. And, again, our condolences to his family. Um, Ryan, want to thank you. Ryan Moynihan our producer. As we wrap up this season's worth of podcast, does a great job. Uh, producing this, editing it, and getting it uh, to our listeners. And, Jay, once again, uh, thanks very much. Thank you, uh, guys. We're looking forward to – well, we, we know how fast it goes, so we'll be uh, looking forward to uh, that next season, an exciting season, uh, coming along real, real quickly. So that'll do it for this uh, season's edition of Open Court. We'll have plenty to discuss as usual when we return uh, probably uh, sometime in November. It'll be here before you know it. So for Jay Young and the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis and our producer Ryan Moynihan, I am Bob Huesler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.